Coffee with Colby, episode 18. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby. This is the show all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy one cup of coffee, we're going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all the stuff you need to know to succeed in the workplace that they're not going to teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Of course, before we dive into the show this week, quick reminder, would really appreciate it if you take two minutes and uh, give us that five-star review on iTunes. If you are enjoying the show, that's going to help make our show more visible to more people who could uh, benefit from some free career-focused content. Also, it would be awesome if you are enjoying the show and would share it on your social networks, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, also, if you've got uh, an idea for a show or a question uh, that you want some some help with, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. So today we're talking about job hunting, and I have one key piece of advice that I want to share today about your job search, whether you are currently employed and looking to make a change, or if you are out of work, or if you're a student looking for that first opportunity. But before I get to what the actual advice is and the thought behind it, I need to share a story that I I have from this week uh, from a conversation I was having with a colleague that kind of brought this top of mind. Uh, this friend of mine that I was I was meeting for coffee this week, really smart, really capable, um, and is currently unemployed uh, due to circumstances beyond her control. And in our conversation, after hearing about kind of what happened and what led to her departure and where she wants to go and what she sees in her future, I asked her about the 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 specifics of her job search. How are you applying for jobs? What does that look like? Who can I help introduce you to? What can we do here to get the momentum going? And in her response, she let me know that there was, she'd sent out a couple of resumes, but there was one job that she had applied for that was a pretty good match for her skills. And she had secured an interview and was you know feeling really good about it. And she had talked to a couple people there and seemed like they, they liked her. And so she was going to wait before she did a, a whole lot of anything else until she sees how that opportunity kind of plays out. And I have seen this behavior many, many times from people who are looking for a new job or are either employed and looking for a new job or out of work and looking for a new job. And the mentality here, the the decision-making comes from a couple of different factors. Uh, For one, when you are out of work or you are thinking about making a change, you want to believe that your job search is going to be relatively quick. Uh, You're a skilled professional. You're highly qualified. Many companies would be happy to have you on staff. Finding new new work will will be a snap. That is simply not the case. Uh, the, the anecdotal evidence that is uh, routinely shared in the HR space is it is going to take you about a month for every $10,000 worth of salary that you are looking to, uh, you are looking to earn to secure that job. So if you're looking to find a job that pays $60,000 a year, you're going to be looking for six months. If you are looking for a job that pays a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're going to be working for, uh, 10 months. Um, and I can tell you from experience that this tends to be pretty close to accurate. Um, and it's not because you are not a fully capable, fully highly skilled individual. It's because 
one, the higher you move up in, in an industry, the fewer senior level positions there are. Um, if you work, for example, in a PR agency like where I work, we have a ton of junior staff. We have a ton of, or where I have worked in the past, uh, we have a ton of junior staff. We have a lot of account coordinators, assistant account executives, and account executives. We only have one managing director. We only have maybe two account directors on a firm. That means that those jobs are more scarce and fewer and, and, and further behind, between to, to come by. Um, that means that the opportunities for you, the serious opportunities you're going to want to pursue are going to be fewer and far between to come across. The other piece of this mentality that comes in is Honestly, when you're going through a career change, it is nerve-wracking. It is scary. You want people don't always do well walking into the unknown, and it is helpful to have something concrete that you can, you know, hang your hat on and say, "Okay, this job opportunity didn't work out, but I've got this opportunity with Acme Corporation and I know that I'm going to be able to go work for them, and so everything is going to be okay." The problem here is number 1, the timeline to hire is almost never swift. Most companies, from the time they post a job to the time that the person is actually onboarded, there can be several months in between. Um, I can tell you that a job that I recently uh, applied for, uh, uh, that in, in, in my application process, uh, there was a job that I applied for where it was about six months from just from when I gave them my resume to when I actually started with the company. Um, and that was, I'd already been looking for something for six to nine months beforehand. Um, that's not a function of you not being a, a desirable candidate. That's a function of the company is already running hot because they're down staff. If, if they're hiring for a position, they, they know that they need a headcount. So everybody's already kind of overworked as it is. And getting consensus on an employee is time consuming. You need to have different stakeholders weigh in. You need to have different stakeholders meet with this candidate. You need to have their credentials vetted. That is not something that is done easily. The best companies, when they know that they're going to hire, will brick out time on everyone's calendar and say, okay, we're, we're, we need to fill this account supervisor position. We're going to hold interviews in these, in this two week period and make a decision on, you know, this Friday and then extend an offer and go from there. That's not always the case. Um, a lot of times it can be, you know, you do one interview and then it takes two weeks to get the second interview booked and then two more weeks to get the third interview booked and on and on and on. The second problem with all of this is you can run into situations where your your the, the prospective employer has to put the job on hold. Um, speaking from my own personal experience, I had a job that I was applying for, and I was dead set perfect for it. Um, it was a, it was a job uh, in the nonprofit sector in the art sector. Um, I had a great theater background that made me a perfect fit for this job. I had a great public relations background that made me a fit for this job. I had a great nonprofit background that made me a perfect fit for this job. I had met with their staff. Their staff really liked me. I was the only candidate being considered. This was the definition of this is the job. This is the job that I'm going to have and that I'm going to move on to. And then they went radio silent on me for a month. And after several emails and phone calls went unreturned, I finally got an update that there had been an internal shift within the company and they had put the entire recruitment of that position on hold. Would have been nice if they would have sent me a note, but that happens 
more often than you would than you would think. I have been on the other side. I've been in in instances where we were hiring for a junior account staff person and then client work changed and we realized we needed a more senior account staff person. So our all the junior um, level folks that we had been interviewing got put on pause and we had to focus on now finding some senior staff. And then of course, the third challenge here is it is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare to be in a position where you are the only candidate for the job. Um, I can tell you uh, again from my own experience, there was an opportunity that presented itself uh, to me that again I was perfect for. Um, I had this was this was after I had done some work in the healthcare field. It was a nonprofit opportunity. It was focused on on healthcare. I had all of the chops, all of the, the background. I had multiple people who worked within this company who were referring me internally. I had done informational interviews with the team uh, that that I would be working with. This was the definition of this should have been a slam dunk. It turned out that this company also had an internal uh, candidate who had been a vendor of theirs, who had been contracting with them, and they, I was not aware of that, and that's the person who ended up getting the job. Um, and I was positive. I was literally I was walking around my living room telling my wife, I have to get this job. This job is perfect for me. I'm going to get this job. This has to be my job. And it turned out it wasn't. So there's, all, even if... The timeline is right. Even if the opportunity is able to actually be filled, it could be that there's another candidate that you're going up against. And what all of this I hope demonstrates to you is that searching for a job and finding the right job takes a lot of time and you are going to be chasing a lot of different leads. And starting from zero is perhaps the most painful position to be in when you don't have any prospects, you have no open opportunities, you have no idea what to do, and you know that you need to make a change or you need to find something. It can be pretty devastating. So that is why it is so important. And if you take nothing away from this podcast today, it is this one piece of advice. The most important thing that you can be doing during your job search, in addition to your informational interviews in terms of your actual physical job search, the work that you're doing, putting out your resumes, is keep your funnel full. This is a sales reference. Uh, in sales, you have what's called your prospect funnel. And what you're doing is you know that if you talk to 50 people, if, if you reach out to 50 people, then 25 of those people are actually going to agree to meet with you. And of those 25, 10 of them are actually going to be in a position to purchase your product and of those 10 who are in a position to purchase your product only five are actually going to make a are, are actually going to make a purchase that's called a 10% closing rate because you had out of 50 prospects five actually bought five out of 50 is 10% i can do math um but in 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 terms of your so in in terms of sales that's called your sales funnel because you're constantly pouring in new prospects uh, more prospects into the top than are coming out the bottom. You need to be doing the exact same thing in terms of your job search. You need to constantly be pursuing and looking for new opportunities. Now, the reason that a lot of people shy away from this, in addition to some of the stuff we've already talked about, one of the biggest fears, and this is actually something I talked about with my colleague this week, is she was afraid that if she pursued job B, while she was under consideration for job A, either job A would get upset and potentially not hire her, or job B would say, 
or she'd get an offer from job A and have to step out of the, the running of job B and upset job B or job B would have an offer and she'd have to step out of the running of job A and upset somebody. And there's this ongoing concern about upsetting other employers. And I totally get that because nobody wants to burn a bridge. You have no idea who you may work with at what time under what circumstances. And I think it's really smart to be thinking that way. But when it comes to your job search, your loyalty is to yourself and your professional development. Um, there is nothing stopping you. If you get an offer, if you, let's say you apply to three companies, company A, company B, and company C, and you really want to work for company A, you'd be happy working for company B and company C would give you a paycheck. Now, let's say that through this process, company A looks like it's going to be a great opportunity, but they're not putting up any kind of offer and they're not telling you when they might put up an offer. And then one day through your interview process, company B comes through with a job offer. And you'd really, you, 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 you really want to work for company A, but company B would be just perfectly fine. And you don't want to walk away from company B if company A is going to come forward. You are perfectly within your rights to go to company A and say, hey, I'm in kind of a challenging position right now because I have been interviewing with, as you know, I've been interviewing with a number of different companies and one of them has presented me with an offer that is enticing. That said, company A is my first choice. This is where I would like to work if the opportunity is presented. I have, you know, I have to give my, my decision to company B within four business days or whatever it is. By the way, and we'll talk about this in more depth in a future episode when we talk about offer letters, but never let a company put an offer in front of you and say, you need to sign like right now. You should always have a couple of days to consider the offer prospect. Odds are you're going to sign pretty quickly, um, but there are going to be situations where you're going to want to review the compensation plan. You may have questions and you are fully within your rights to be able to do that. So if company B comes to you and says, here's an offer, it's perfectly reasonable for you to go to company A and say, I've received an offer from, from another company. I, I want to work for company A, but I can't let company B go if this opportunity is not going to work out. Can we have an honest check in here about where we're at in the process and when a decision might be made? Um, as long as you approach this with a, a tone of, 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 of humility and kindness and authenticity, no one's going to be upset with you. Uh, this is a perfectly reasonable question to ask to say, Hey, do you know when you might be making, making a decision here either way? Because I want to work for you if that opportunity is going to present itself, but I can't ignore this other opportunity that is over here. If you go in and say, Hey guys, so I just got this really awesome job offer from your competitor and they're offering me, you know, $100,000. So I need you guys to get on the stick and make my offer now because you may lose me. You're going to come off cocky and they're going to say, thanks, goodbye. Um, it's also important here because you're being authentic. You're being open and honest with them in a way that any employer will appreciate. Um, the worst case scenario here is they come back to you and say, you know what, we appreciate this, but we aren't going to be able to make a decision for probably a month. And we would hope that you would still be in the running, but we understand where you're at. And so it's a decision you have to make. And at that point, you then get to make the call. Do you want to take the stability of job B or do you want to roll the dice and hope that job A turns out to be the case? At any rate, 
at any point in this conversation, it is perfectly within your rights to go to a company and say, if you're being interviewed, I appreciate what you've been doing for me. I appreciate these conversations. Another opportunity has presented itself that I have decided to accept. And so at this point, I need to remove myself from, uh, from consideration. And here's where the fear comes in. Because the thought process that job hunters have, it's going to sound egotistical, but it's perfectly reasonable, is that you're perfect for this job and that company needs you to stay in the running. They need you to still be there and they're going to be really disappointed and upset with you personally if you step out. When in reality, yes, they probably will be disappointed and upset. They probably will be sad to see you go because you're a highly qualified professional. But they also are going to have a probably three or four other candidates that they're considering. So even if you were the first choice, they still have people who are going to be able to step in and fill the role. If you are authentic and upfront and honest throughout the process, there is no one reasonable in the business community who's going to get upset with you for saying, I've, I've accepted another position and I'm, I'm removing myself from consideration. It happens all the time. You also very well, six months from now, could be in a position where you're talking with them again about a new job. I, again, have been there. I walked away from one company um, early in my broadcast career and thought I would never be going back to work for them. It was a great company. I just didn't think that that's what I was going to do. And it turned out that within a year, there was an opportunity that brought me right back. And we were, everyone was happy to, 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 to make that reconnection. So as long as you are, you are approaching the process with honesty and integrity and professionalism, no one is going to get upset with you. No one is going to uh, hold, hold you accountable for that. And quite frankly, if you're that nervous about it, it's also perfectly reasonable and actually a good idea to find somebody in the business community, either one of your parents or uh, a mentor or somebody like that, and actually talk through the email or the conversation that you're going to have just to double check your language. Um, that's a great resource and a great something to tap in. So while you can focus on and say, okay, I've got this job opportunity. This is perfect. I'm going to keep cranking on that. You still need to be doing all of the other things that you were doing to keep that funnel full. Because if that dream job falls through, and if you do this enough, it will happen. I've, I've lost count of the number of times I've had a perfect job in front of me that for whatever reason didn't end up getting, didn't end up turning into an offer letter. The greatest consolation is to be able to say, okay, that didn't work out, but I've got these three other interviews coming out. This keeps your momentum and keeps your mojo moving, which is what's going to help keep your spirits up, keep you sharp, and keep positive energy flowing and eventually lead you to that next new fantastic job opportunity. And that's going to wrap it up for episode 18. Episode 19 will be coming at you before you know it. Uh, as always, I am Colby Reed. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you uh, share this on your social media. Give us a, a, a note over on Twitter at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E, if you've got a topic or a question for a future show. And uh, other than that, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk next time. Okay.